If you did not um, attend last Sunday, we had or could not be here. We started our brand new series entitled Hashtag Struggles, and we dealt with the struggle of numbness. And it turned out to be a tremendous message, and uh, I'm so grateful for what God is doing in that. On Wednesday night, we have seen a doubling of attendance on Wednesday night. Amen. In our end time series called Revealed. And so we have dealt, you know, we've done the overview on Sunday morning, then we did the rapture of the church Wednesday two weeks ago, and then last week we did the rise of the Antichrist This Wednesday, we'll be talking about the tribulation. So I urge you to get your friends here on Wednesday night. Amen. Get them here. We're going to learn some wonderful, wonderful things. And then, of course, how to escape those things. Today, God helping me, I want to talk with you about, uh, in our hashtag struggles um, message, about distraction. Now, there's something I'm going to show you here in just a second, though. i got a video I'm going to show you real quick. This coming Saturday, this is not a church-sanctioned event, but I'm carrying a bunch of people skydiving with me. And I just want to say this. This is not the sport in which you want to be distracted. There won't be no ref to blow a whistle and call time out and all that stuff. So just roll that video real quick. And uh, this could be you. You might have to ease that volume down a little bit, but... Uh, that fellow's name is Alberto that's hooked to me. He don't know what he's about to get into. couple snapshots that um, they made show of that, but uh, none of the, uh, that could be you. And then again, you say, not really. <laughs> Amen. And that's all good. Um, but nonetheless, that's uh, one of the things that's been planned for a little while. It's coming up. Um, again, not a church-sanctioned event. It's not our church insurance. Don't go with us. You jump at your own risk, especially if you're jumping with me. Amen. But uh Nonetheless, um, so see me after church if that's on your bucket list or whatever. And, uh, or, or even better yet, if you don't get a chance to see me because I might be kind of scarce, message me um, or the church. But it is this Saturday, so you need to make arrangements if you're planning on doing it. Okay, enough about that. In other words, there, that is not the place to be distracted. 
Amen. Because you have seconds to deal with issues and not minutes, not days. It is not the place for an indecisive person. It is not the place for somebody that says, where are we going to eat today? And they say, I don't know. Where are you going to eat? And they say, well, uh, let, let, let's go to the lunchbox. Well, no, I don't like lunchbox. Well, I'll go anywhere you want to go. Uh, how about cracker? No, I don't want to go to cracker. Has your wife ever told you that? We can go anywhere, right? And you say, well, how about Applebee's? No, I don't really want to go. Well, well Ruby Tuesdays. Uh, no, I don't really. So anyway, uh, the first thing I think we need to know and what is of paramount importance is distraction can be our demise. <clears throat> In that sport, if you get so distracted looking over at the Jaguar Stadium or whatever that you don't pay attention and open the parachute before you hit the ground, distraction could be your demise. <laughs> Amen. Distractions can ruin us. They can kill us. And I would say to you that in our families across uh, the country and in this church, distractions happen every day. Sometimes we are even distracted from our distractions. Are y'all with me? Distractions can be very beautiful. I mean, we look around, and how many of you ever drove through the mountains of Tennessee or North Carolina at this time of the year? It is absolutely beautiful, and the roads are winding and curving, and you're just looking, oh, honey, look at that. You know, and then you went off of one of those uh, truck runways or something, and, or worse yet, hit the guardrail, side rail or something. So uh, distractions can be. I remember in 1988, I was stationed just temporary duty assignment out to Nellis Air Force Base in Las Vegas, Nevada. And I'd never been that far west, and I'd never been to a city that had so many lights. And, uh, you know, we were driving downtown in Caesar's Palace and Circus Circus and the big cowboy and all of the things that's down there. And the lights was just amazing. And I got talking to someone, and they said, you'd be surprised how many wrecks happen here. And they're not necessarily fatalities, but they're fender benders because people are looking up at the lights. Bam! <laughs> they're distracted. And um, so um, we're distracted by so many things in our time. Uh, you know, we're, we're trying to get something done around the house and our favorite movie comes on. And so we got to take a moment to, to watch that and then it turns into an hour. Our, our attention gets diverted. And then there are several things, like, for instance, we got a lot of distractions. How many of you have got some social media? Everybody in here probably does uh, to some extent. And, you know, we hear a certain chime, and, up, oh, we got a text message. We got to check that. And then while we're doing that, there was a doorbell ring, and we got an email. And while we're doing that, there was a chirp of a bird, and we got a tweet. Huh? And then some, you know, something else happened, and we got to check Snapchat. And then we got to check LinkedIn. And then we got to check our map to remember where we're going while we're talking on the phone and looking at a video and driving 85 miles an hour down the interstate. Insomuch that the, the National Highway Transportation Safety Administration uh, recommends now a ban on all electronic devices while driving. And, and they've come up with a new term called distracted driving because it is killing more people than impaired driving. Wow. Because we think it's all right, and all of us that's got cell phones have probably been guilty of it. I'm trying to really uh, get a handle on my own self because I don't care how, we think we can multitask, man. We can drive 92 miles an hour, text three people, and, you know, 
and respond and do all those things. And we get distracted, and, and then we pass by a gruesome scene where a car is cutting people out of what's left of it. And, and there's a great fatality and a big... Um, Big remorse hits us, and we cry for them, and, and we get 10 miles down the road, and we're texting again while we're driving. See how quiet it got? That's how I know I'm telling the truth. And, hey, I got fingers pointing back at me, too, because I say, don't text and drive. I tell my children, don't do it. And if I'm not careful, my wife will say, what do you tell the kids? Uh, so I know sometimes we'll get this mentality. It's okay for us to do it. We got to handle it. They ain't got to handle it. Listen, if anybody had a handle, they'd probably have a better handle than us. Because my little Reagan can run that. As a matter of fact, Micah can run that cell phone. I don't know how he comes up with all that stuff. But anyway, um, so these are the things. Oh, let, let, let me help you all out, ladies. Have you ever been riding down the road and you come up to a red light and there's a lady looking into a little mirror about this big man? Boy, she, man, she's powdering up her face and she's, you know, plucking her eyebrows and doing all this. And then when the light turns green, wow. I got to get this one right. Huh? I've, I've literally seen that. It blows my mind. I just hold back and let her go on. But uh, let me give you, an, uh, give you an illustration. This is, um, this is absolute truth, what happened. Me and Andrew was driving down the road. This was a couple months ago on Scrubby Bluff, actually, headed out toward exit one. And he said, Dad, you got to see this video. It's, it's, it's crazy. And I said, man, I'm driving right now. And, and I did tell him that. But he went ahead and pulled the video up. And when it came, you know, when it buffered and it started playing, I'm driving, and I just decided to look toward the console. So I'm looking right here. I'm driving. You know, I'm driving with one eye and looking with one eye. Y'all done that, right? And then all of a sudden, I saw something flash real quick, and it was something shiny. And I looked up and said, Whoa! and it was somebody pushing a buggy with a kid walking beside them. All of a sudden, my heart said, boop, 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 boop. Yeah, you see how quiet it is? You say, oh, I'm a dumb pastor. That, that's right. Because I was distracted while I was driving. And while that, in, that basketball video is not even important. If I could see the life of that mom or that child, and I could have looked at that any time. So I'm telling you what I'm guilty of, but I would say that we are distracted. Listen, if we're distracted in life like that, how much more trying to live a spiritual life and trying to serve the Lord and have distractions coming our way to keep our eyes off of him? So uh, I'll never forget when I was in the tandem instructor school here back in April of some sort uh, back there. My instructor said to me, if you ever get distracted while you're hooking up a student, start over. D don't think that you're going to pick up where you left off. Just start all the way over again. And let nothing distract your sequence. Do the same thing the same way every time. If you get distracted, just take one mi minute and do it all over again. So distractions are not always bad. I got the most beautiful grandchildren in the world. But if I'm distracted looking at their beautiful pictures, I could make a mess out of my life. Amen? In other words, what are you saying, Pastor? There's a time and place for all things. And, and we don't need to be distracted. 2 Corinthians tells me this. In, in chapter 2 and verse 11, Lest Satan take advantage of us, for we are not ignorant of his devices. He will use anything to distract us. I asked my wife this morning, I said, what is a big distraction? She said, a good-looking man or woman. 
I guess you just had to throw in woman. But, uh, but that can be a distraction if you're not careful. How many of y'all ever saw the replacements, huh? Some of y'all know what I'm talking about. They needed to, uh, to put this football team back together, and they ain't won nothing. And so um, they were being beat tremendously, and all of a sudden the cheerleaders for this team that really needed to win decided to get real groovy with their cheering. Uh, I mean, they used their, uh, their God-given um, abilities, I suppose, and functions, and they were cheering something sure enough. Huh? And all of a sudden, the guy that's running supposed to be catching the ball ain't no more looking at the ball you know, anymore because she's gyrating and carrying on over here. He got distracted and dropped the ball. Hello? And uh, now, I mean, that's just, that's just an illustration that you can identify with, I'm sure. So what I'm saying is distractions caused them to lose the game. Distractions cause you and I to lose this game of life. And listen, it, life is one thing. Eternity is something else. Here's what the Bible says, and you've got to understand this. We do not wrestle against flesh and blood. Ephesians 6 tells us, he said, for we don't wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities and against powers and against the rulers of darkness of this age and against spiritual hosts of wickedness in heavenly places. So we struggle, and it is a tough and a difficult struggle, and it's not against flesh and blood. I mean, you know, if the devil was just, if he was a human, I'd just take my 9 millimeter and shoot him in the head. But it don't work that way. He'll come back again and again and again. He, it's not flesh and blood. So please remember, uh, you got to get this. Satan doesn't play fair. He'll use whatever weaknesses we have to exploit them and to ultimately destroy us. So how are we going to combat this? What, how, what do we need to do in order to keep from distractions? Let me tell you a story. It comes out of Luke's gospel in chapter 10. And Jesus had gone to Mary and Martha's house. Now, no, notice what had happened. Now, it happened as they went that he entered into a certain village and a certain woman named Martha welcomed him into her house. And uh, he had a sister called Mary who also sat at Jesus' feet and heard his word. He said, but Martha was distracted with much serving. So I want to just hold that scripture for a moment. Martha was distracted. Have you ever gone over to somebody's house? And you couldn't even talk to them because they're picking up bottles and cans. And, man, my house is such a... And most of the time when you go to somebody, the house is immaculate. But they're saying, please excuse this place. It is such a wreck. And they're wiping the baseboards or the crown or whatever it is. And they're cleaning off the cabinets and, you know, putting away this and that and the other. And they're just so distracted with that enamored by that that they can't even really entertain you. The Bible says that, that Martha was so cumbered and enamored about serving that, that she finally just, you know, let me lay it out for you. So Jesus comes to town and Mary and Martha's there and, and Mary had heard Jesus' word and she was in there. Uh, let, let me just put it in modern day vernacular. She's in, in, in the living room there. She's right there at Jesus' feet and she is just worshiping him and she just can't leave him. Martha is cumbered about many distractions. Is the biscuits going to burn? You know, do I have the glasses right? Is there any spots on them? Did, you know, is everything just so-so? And, you know, is, is there any trash here in the kitchen? We need to clean everything up. And she's just, you know, obsessive and compulsive about all these things, these distractions. 
Finally, it gets the best of her. I don't know. Man, somebody's got to make the salad. Somebody's got to carve the roast. Somebody's got to do this. And finally, she just comes in there where Mary is at, at the feet of Jesus, and she don't talk to Mary. She talks to Jesus, and she says, um, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve all alone. I'm having to fix the salad. Now, this is mycology. I'm having to make the tea. I'm having to do this. And don't you care that she's left me to serve all alone? Therefore, tell her to get up and help. And that's the way we want to do it. And that's distraction. What's this? He answered and said to her, Martha, Martha. Anytime Jesus called somebody's name twice, it was important. Martha, Martha, you are worried and troubled about many things. And that's what I want to tell some of y'all. Y'all just so worried about so many things. And he said, but there's one thing that is needed. And Mary has chosen that good part. And it will not be taken away from her. Amen. He sort of put the distraction. You know what? If the biscuits burn, so what? If the salad's not right, so what? If the roast ain't carved, so what? If this don't get done, so what? What he's saying is, is Mary has placed a premium on her relationship with me. She has placed a premium and a priority on worship. And, and you know what? Go give him praise. <clears throat> While you are cumbered about many things, she has chosen that good thing. And I'm going to challenge you to do something. And that is to choose that good thing. How many of you know what the priority of God is supposed to be in our life? He's supposed to be priority number one. But so many times our children see us enamored by many distractions that keep us from the house of God, that keep us from the word of God, that keep us from living like we ought to live. Well, anyway, so she's got all of these things going on, the dusting, the mopping, the cleaning, the cooking, distracted by, hey, th these are good things. It's okay to mop, brethren. Huh. It's okay to cook, sisters uh, and brothers. It, it's okay to dust. It's okay to do those things. But for heaven's sake, have some priorities. It blows my mind. Sometimes people come to church, and that's the only place they trim their fingernails. You're enamored with things that don't matter. When we're singing forever, he is glorified. Huh? Forever. He, he is, I mean, it's time to set all that aside. And then you know what? I don't even care if you grab your cell phone and check in at the harbor because that's a way of evangelism, believe it or not. And I know some people say, I don't know about that. Amen. Yeah, but then set it down and get on with your worship. Get on with what God's doing for us, and then you can hook up with that evangelistic effort after church. But don't be enamored by that while it's going on. So here's what I'm saying to you is this. There's nothing wrong with that beautiful Instagram pic of your children or your grandchildren or graduation, but there's a time and a place for it. Amen. Now, see, if I'm sitting with you and I start showing you my grandchildren, I have to really catch myself because we've been in one an hour or something, and you're like, man, I, I got to go eat, brother. I know I got one more pic of my grandbaby. <laughs> Me and Leland Jeffers, he's a good friend of mine. He's got five or six grandbabies, and we just make a deal. If you show me 30 minutes of yours, i got to show you 30 minutes of mine. <laughs> so sometimes distractions are good. 
They can be good things. It doesn't mean that because you're being distracted that that distraction is a sin or something like that. It's okay. Have fun at the right time. It all has to do with timing. Any mechanic knows that timing is very, very important. You cannot have the valves opening or closing at the wrong time with the pistons. Are you hearing me say amen? If, you, if they are out of time, it's never going to work. And if it does fire over that way, you could really ruin yourself and spend thousands of dollars on a new engine because the timing was out of whack. Okay? Now, let me try to land this thing. Paul said in, in, um, in the Word, he says, Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but one thing I do, I forget those things that are behind me, and I reach forward to those things that are before me. I press toward the mark for the prize of the high call of God in Christ Jesus. So what I'm saying is this. Keep your eye on the prize. Keep your eye on the prize and your hand on the plow. Amen. We got work to do. I had an opportunity yesterday at our retreat, and I'm so grateful for the great leaders that was there. Had a wonderful opportunity to tell them why. We do what we do. And I'm going to share that with you in January. I know that's a pretty big cliffhanger, but if the Lord, if the Lord tarries, we're going to do a series about refocusing uh, in January. But there's a reason why. There's a method to the madness. And I'm going to tell you this. In this uh, Struggles series, distraction has played a major part. You know why? Your marriage was kicking along good. And then you got distracted by somebody else, and it seemed like they, they really had it going on. Maybe your, your job was going well, and all of a sudden you got distracted because somebody else got the promotion, and you didn't get it, and you felt, felt like you should have got it, and you had all the qualities and qualifications and all of that. But somebody else got it, and that has distracted you. It took you off your A game. You're not what you used to be or who you used to be. Distractions can be your ruin, can be your demise. So what is it that we need to do? We have to concentrate and focus on our priorities and what is important. And why is that important? Why do we need to do that? Because if we will focus on what is important, if we'll focus our, our eyes upon that that is important, like Paul, pressing toward the mark, let the distractions fall where they may. In the end, you're going to be better off because you stayed focused. In 1 Kings chapter 18 and verse 21, we're going to find where Elijah tells the people, he says, How long will you falter between two opinions? How long are you going to falter between two opinions? If the Lord is God, then follow him. But if Baal is God, follow him. See, they were worshiping God. And then Baal come along, and there was other people who began to worship Baal. Baal was a distraction to the people of Israel, but he was a, it was another God, so to speak. And what Elijah simply said is this, Baal is a distraction. Baal is not God. He said, but why are you in between two opinions? He built that, um, he built that altar back on Mount Carmel, and he said to the people that was there, if Baal is God, follow him. But if Baal is not God, then follow God. 
But how long will you be halted between two opinions? Moses said to the people earlier, how long will you uh, fail to choose? I put before you life and blessings, death and cursings. What would you like? I think we would like life with blessing, not death with cursings. He said, but you're distracted by so many things. Here's my goal today that you won't be distracted any longer. As you stand with me, that, and my, my prayer is this, that you would have the, the wisdom, that you would have the discernment to know what's a good thing and what's a distraction. There's so many causes of distraction. So many causes. And then the effects are so varied. Some of the effects might be that you got distracted and it just took you an hour longer to finish the project you were working on. Some of them you were distracted and you just ended up missing an appointment and you had to reschedule it. Some of them you were distracted and you cut yourself pretty bad because of a distraction I heard the other day a young boy operating a chainsaw got finished cutting through the tree. The saw had not yet wound down and hit itself right in the leg. Laid him open. Uh, thankfully, didn't cut through the bone, but a lot of work to repair it. Distractions. Sometimes we get by with it for a little while, but then there are distractions that we don't get by with. Distractions that, that can take our life. Distractions that can cost us heaven, that can cost us eternity. So I want you to bow with me, if you will. And I want to ask you, if you're here today and you're struggling with distraction, Pastor, I'm struggling with distraction. Would you just put your hand up? Struggling with distraction. Thank you for your honesty. Several, several hands are going up. You know what? You might be a long-time Christian. You could have been saved for 30 or 40 or 50 years. And all of a sudden now, you're distracted by things that, that I'm just not sure about. The distraction. I'm telling you, there are people right now that are distracted by silly things while seriously people are dying and going to hell all around them, but they're so distracted by little preferences and silly nitnoid things that don't need to distract them. If you raise your hand, I want to pray for you right now. Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord, for these that raised their hand and said, Pastor, I'm distracted. Lord, I pray that it would be a quick recovery, that they would quickly understand that I've got to get back on my A game. I've gotta, I, gotta, I can't do it my way. I've got to do it his way. I've got to turn this thing back over to him because I don't want to, in the midst of a distraction, lose my life. I don't want a distraction to cause me to lose my marriage. I don't want a distraction to cause me to lose my job. I don't want a distraction to cause me, Lord, to make a fool of myself.
and to deny my faith. So Lord, I come against the distractions that hinder us and harm us and set out to destroy us. And I pray, God, that you would help us to sharpen our focus and concentrate on you. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. I'm going to ask Adam.